This morning we're going to be back in uh, Romans chapter 8. Once again, Romans chapter 8. We've covered a lot of ground in Romans 8. Um, Romans 8 is a really powerful chapter. It's about, it's been about the Holy Spirit's work of uh, sanctification in our lives. Um, in chapter 8, um, we see, we find the primary purpose of the Holy Spirit. You know, what is the primary ministry of the Holy Spirit is to sanctify the believer. It's to make the believer holy. You know, um, I don't hear it so much now, but when I was younger, there was always there was always a lot of talk about all the things that the Holy Spirit does to a person when they're indwelt by them. And if you saw those things, you would kind of wonder, what on earth does the Holy Spirit do? I mean, people it calls people, or they blame the Spirit for a lot of crazy things that they did. But the Holy Spirit is focused, laser focused, so to speak. And everything that he does in a believer's life is for sanctification, is for holiness. The ultimate purpose in a believer's life um, is for the Holy Spirit to make them holy. The, uh, we have uh, already talked about a lot of things that the Holy Spirit has done or does in this chapter. Uh, in verse 1, we see that very astounding statement that he makes. Astonishing statement. There's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Can you fathom the depth and the width of that, there's no condemnation for the believer. You know, that comes right on the heels of Paul saying that he struggled with sin. And by extension, we understand that we also struggle with sin as believers. It's very astounding, it's astonishing that the Holy Spirit's indwelling in us there is no condemnation. No condemnation. Uh, verse 2, it says, The law of the Holy Spirit frees us from the law of sin and death. Verse 2, verse 4 says, The law is fulfilled in us when we are following the Holy Spirit. We follow the Holy Spirit through the scriptures of the Word of God. Apart from the scriptures, we don't have any idea how the, the Spirit is going to direct us or guide us or how to be even follow the Spirit apart from the scriptures. I listed a lot of verses here. Uh, they're all in Psalms 119. And it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In order for the Word to lead us, we've got to be in it. 
verse 20, verse 10, or that was 105, verse 25 says, My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken me, quicken thou me according to thy word. You know, we find life in the scripture. Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. You see those sins that we struggle with? We can have dominion over them through God's word. Verse 101, it says, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. Psalms 119.50 says, This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word has quickened me. Now when you're afflicted, you can go to God's word. You comfort. Walking after the Spirit, verse 8, um, back in Romans, walking after the Spirit pleases God. You know, letting the Spirit lead you is well-pleasing to God. Uh, if you do not have the Holy Spirit, you don't have any claim to God. You're not a child of God. That's verse 9. In verse 10, it says, In the Spirit we have life. And we talked about that last week a little bit. So let me read a passage that we're going to look at today, Romans 8, uh, verse 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him that way that we may be also glorified together. Being led by the, the Spirit makes us sons and daughters of God. You see, having the Spirit in us, that is dwelling in us, we are the children of God. Every child of God has the Spirit indwelling in them. He leads the Spirit leads us to holiness, that he leads us also to kill sin. When we're following the scripture, or following the uh, spirit through scripture, he's leading us to put sin to death, to mortify it is what our verse 9 says, Romans 8. That's leading us to do that. The work of the Spirit is the purpose of the Holy Spirit in us to make us holy. This is a mark of grace. The leading of the Spirit is assurance that we are the children of God. And that's what it says there in verse 10 or 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. 
Romans 8, 15 says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. The spirit of Christ, he's not talking about going back into sin or losing your salvation and that we become in bondage to that again. What he's talking about is the spirit doesn't lead us with fear and intimidation. We don't have to fear retribution from the Spirit or from God in order to do right. He leads us that way. He leads us. The Spirit does not hold us to God with fear as a slave is held to his master. You know, a slave to a master, the slave doesn't have any rights or or privileges above what the master gives them. So there's a, a certain amount of fear with being a slave that they can be sold or neglected or many things. But with the Holy Spirit, you know, it's not that way. He doesn't lead us through fear. In fact, the Bible says it's that perfect love casts out all fear. And that's the love that God has shown us in giving us the Holy Spirit. What more loving thing can God do to us in assurance for our salvation in everyday life than knowing that we have the Holy Spirit leading us and indwelling us? It's more than, let me get caught up here. Adoption is uh, choosing one in spite of their failings. You know what? God knew everything about us before the foundation of the world. But he still chooses us. He knows all of our sins. He knows all of our shortcomings. He knows where every hair of our head fell. But yet he still chose, chose us and put his spirit in us. It's more than just a stamp on a document that says we are adopted by God. More than that. It is the indwelling of God's Holy Spirit that contains us as his children. You know, we can never be made unchildren. We can never be unadopted once God adopts us. There's nothing that can unadopt us. And we'll get to that in towards the end of this chapter whenever we get there um, when we submit, submit to the word of God we are being led by the Holy Spirit that's what it's telling us in verse 16 Romans 8 16 it says the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God 
you know, when we go through life and we get our 2020 vision on and we look back over what just happened, sometimes it happened years ago, but we can find, we find great assurance that God was with us. He was leading us through whatever it was. We know when we've been led by the Spirit of God. We just know. It's not an audible voice. It's not, you know, any external thing that says, you know what, you just were led by the Spirit when you did that. You know, we might have a good brother that'll tell us that when we, when we uh, tell him what we just went through. But still, that's 2020 vision, looking backwards. But when we submit to the Word of God and we do what it says, that's being led by the Holy Spirit. It's God has changed what we normally have done. You know, you can look back on your life and you say, you know what, I did that and I wouldn't have normally done that. And you say, but I remember being in God's Word that morning and it helped me through that situation. And you just thought you were being obedient to God's Word and you were. But that was the Spirit of God dwelling in you, leading you. In the, in, lead, in the Spirit leading us, there's a calm assurance. There may be tor turmoil all around the decision that you're making. But underlying all of it, when you're being led by the Spirit, there's a calm assurance that comes along with that. There may be a lot of uncertainty going before you as you are led by the Spirit, but it's not fear. Maybe uncertainty. Sometimes we confuse uncertainty with fear, but it's definitely two different things when you're being led by the Spirit. All of this assurance of the Spirit leading us through the Word is the Spirit of adoption. It's the Spirit of adoption. The Spirit of adoption gives the adoptee all the privileges of natural children. Now, if I were or you were to adopt someone, you'd go through this legal process where that person would be guaranteed by the law all the same privileges as your natural children. And it may be so strong that it's even before your natural children. Now back in Paul's day, it was somewhat common for a Roman citizen to adopt someone. You know, if he had, like the Caesar, if you read about the Caesars, and if the Caesar had children or sons or that he didn't think would make good leaders, 
to follow him or for whatever reason whatever fatherly reason they just had a rip with their son he could go and search out and find someone who he thought was worthy to become a son and it would be an adoption and there's a marvelous parallel to that because when someone in the Roman citizen adopted someone it was just like they had just been reborn if they had debts before they were adopted it was all erased they were given a new name isn't that a marvelous picture of what Christ does for us we have all this debt that we've accumulated in our lives over sin and when we come to faith in Christ it's all canceled and he gives us a new name and it's written down in glory there's a song about that there's a new name written down in glory and it's mine oh it's mine my sins have been forgiven my sins washed away there's a new name written down in glory Romans 8.17 it says and if children then heirs heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ this inheritance in is heavenly inheritance and therefore it's incorruptible and we get that inheritance from God it's like Jesus becomes our brother I can't fathom that it blows my mind to think about that that through that transaction when I came to faith in Christ he was justified freely just by simple faith I became joint heirs with Christ heirs with Christ that's an astounding statement right there joint heirs Jesus is our brother I, don't, I can't even come up with words to even describe that but he goes on to say that in that verse that if we if so be that we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together you know Christ suffered shame on the cross for our inheritance he suffered shame on the cross for our adoption 
And that shame was our sin. My sin and your sin. But now he's glorified and he's on the right hand of the Father. I don't know what this seating arrangement arrangement going to be when we get to heaven. But we're going to be around the throne somehow. We're going to be in the very presence of Christ. In the presence of God because of Christ. We're going to be in his presence because of the Holy Spirit that indwells us. That mark that becomes part of us. Maybe that's a good way to describe it. That spirit of God indwelling, it just becomes part of us. You know, it might even change our DNA. We have some DNA from Christ. You're a child, a joint heir. I'll close with the same verse that Eric read to us. It says, But rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. You know, we may suffer here in this life, for Christ's sake. But as Hebrews says, it's not going to be compared to the glory that we will have in Christ in heaven one day. So let's stand and we'll pray. Father, again, we just thank you for your word. We thank you through that transaction that was so quickly made that we became heirs, heirs with Christ, and joint heirs with Christ. Father, we, we don't understand that and we can't fathom it, but Father, we thank you and we praise you for it, that you've chosen us to be your children. Father, we thank you for that spirit, your spirit that dwells in us, that leads us in life. Father, we just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please remain standing for our last song. Jesus.